Okay, this is just a quick domain query. Uh, nothing, it's not even a query response, to be honest. It's just a, an update that I wanted to post. And uh, uh, it's just uh, the, the title of this podcast, a very, it won't be a very long podcast, uh, is Hope and Faith. And uh, while it is posted under the domain query playlist, which uh, I reserve usually for answering reader questions, there isn't any question to answer here. Um, it's really more of a, uh, a grab bag of bits and pieces that I've assembled from various uh, news outlets and statistics that I've been tracking about, of course, everybody's favorite subject, Corona Chan's spread across the world. Um, <clears throat> the, the first thing I want to address, first and most important thing I want to address is uh, the response to my uh, prayer request, which I um, posted about a couple of days ago. Uh, first, and, first and foremost, uh, deep thanks, my, my heartfelt gratitude to all of those who read that post and all of you who responded and all of you who have me and my family uh, in your prayers. I am truly deeply grateful for this uh you guys my loyal readers my soundcloud listeners my um my followers of any stripe uh are just wonderful people and i i am truly blessed uh to have you read my work and you know interact with me as you do so i am deeply appreciative of uh, whatever prayers and thoughts that you can provide for us uh let me make it clear everybody's fine as far as i can tell everyone's okay i'm totally fine my parents are totally fine the only problem is that because my uh country of origin it's not really my country because i don't feel any particular sense of belonging to it but my country of birth if you will the country that gives me my passport uh, has enacted an incredibly draconian and, frankly, quite stupid series of lockdowns for 21 days because the Prime Minister of the old country decided that uh, the best thing to do would be to uh, uh, f follow a ready-fire-aim philosophy of uh, dealing with this, this problem. And the problem is, of course, that he's talking almost exclusively with epidemiologists who are good people. Uh, I have nothing against doctors and uh, PhDs with uh, fancy-sounding titles behind their names telling everybody to self-isolate, to quarantine themselves, to avoid social contact, and uh, generally uh, be careful with themselves in, in a time of plague and crisis. But uh, the problem with that advice is that it's incredibly restrictive and doesn't actually take into account the latest clinical data. And I want to move on to that uh, briefly because the problem we have here is that we're dealing with a, uh, a plague where the amount of misinformation and bullshit that's being spread around by the media is off the scale. It's off the charts. We've never seen anything like this amount of fear, uncertainty, and doubt spread by those the same people who should be telling the truth, and they're lying through their teeth. I mean, there's no doubt about this right now. The level of media malfeasance right, going on around the world is unbelievable, and if we were following any sort of common sense directives, any sort of uh, uh, sensible approach to 
tackling misinformation right now. I have no doubt that about 90% of the journalists in the Western world will be lined up against a wall and shot for treason because it's that bad. It's that disgusting what they're doing. Um, let's be very clear about something. Corona-chan is not nearly as dangerous as everyone thinks it is. The latest clinical data and evidence that we have at our fingertips right now tell us that in the absolute worst case scenario for humans and the absolute best case scenario for the virus, the infection rate is about 20%. Okay, that's the diamond princess scenario. That's where uh, the virus uh, was in extremely close quarters uh, with 3,700 passengers on board uh, a cruise ship. The virus was on every exposed surface, more or less, or could be put on every exposed surface. The total concentration of viral loads was quite high relative to what we'd encounter in everyday life because people were in very close proximity. If you look at the 3,700 passengers on that ship, every single one of them was tested using the best available testing methods at the time. And every single one of them has been tested at least once, okay? Of those people, of those 3,700 people tested, how many were actually infected? Well, as it turns out, not a whole lot, okay? Um, let me see if I can uh, find the figures because it's, uh, ah, here we go, right. Um, the, uh, of the 3,711 people tested on that ship, less than 20% tested positive. Okay, with the best available testing. That means that they were actually infected. So 80% of the people, again, under the absolute best possible circumstances for the virus and the absolute worst possible circumstances for humans, tested positive. All right. Of those 20% of people who tested positive, so uh, that's, that's what, um, uh, 742 uh, passengers who tested positive, uh, less than that, in fact, less than 740 people tested positive uh, for the virus itself. Um, how many of those died? Eight people. Eight people died out of 700 and less than 740 infected. Okay, that's a mortality rate of 0.2% of the vessel's entire population. 0.2%. That's the mortality rate that we're dealing with. That's about 10 times worse than your average flu and right at the top end or just above the top end of the mortality rate of a really bad flu. Um, and that's, and we're shutting down entire global economies because of this. Now, let's talk about the death tolls coming out of uh, China, Italy, and Spain, which are in the several thousands. Uh, China, Italy, and Spain all have death tolls in excess of 3,000 people. Uh, I Now, I want to make it clear. I don't believe the Chinese statistics for even a moment. I think the Chinese uh, are absolute liars, and uh, at least their government are absolute liars. The, I don't particularly trust uh, the Chinese people themselves very far. Uh, individually, they're splendid people. I mean, they're, individually, they're very... Uh, good people to know. I I have a lot of respect for them. I think they're they've got a uh, a pretty unique and amazing culture. But 
they have a number of social traits which make them very difficult to get along with, particularly if you're from a high-trust society like the U.S. or most uh, Western European societies, or even uh, even if you're from Eastern European societies where, guess what, the levels of social trust are actually pretty high, uh, believe it or not. I mean, they're a very standoffish bunch, but they, they trust each other. Uh, the Chinese come from a low-trust society, and if you're dealing with anybody who isn't Chinese, if, if the Chinese are dealing with people who aren't Chinese, they don't follow a code of ethics that we would recognize. It, it's not like dealing with the Japanese, where the Japanese follow a very clear code of ethics, and while they are very fierce competitors and very tough competitors, they honor and respect uh, the rules. As long as the, the rules are clearly established, they honor and respect them. The Chinese won't honor and respect rules. So, when the Chinese tell us that, oh, only, you know, 3,500 or so people have died, uh, I call bullshit on that immediately. Uh, so, the Chinese say that 3,300, 3,287 people have died. Uh, they have no new domestic infections. Every one of their infections is coming in from overseas. Absolute bullshit. Uh, I call pure nonsense on that. There's plenty of evidence leaking out of China telling us that there are huge queues outside of hospitals and that there are uh, people being turned away from uh, critical care facilities with exactly the same symptoms as coronavirus, COVID-19. Uh, these people cannot be trusted. Okay, so the death toll in China is absolutely certain to be much higher than the official figures are reporting. Make no mistake of that. If you turn to Italy... Now, as of the latest data that I'm getting from Bing, Microsoft's Bing, 8,215 people have died as of this exact moment of recording. Okay, here's the thing. The Italians are counting people who died if they were positive for COVID-19 as though they died of COVID-19. It's not the same thing. Let's say somebody tested positive for COVID-19 in a cancer ward and died of some sort of malignant uh, aggressive strain of cancer. That person is then automatically counted as part of the COVID-19 mortality rate. That doesn't make sense. That's not a good way of keeping track of deaths. So the death toll in Italy is almost certainly much lower than is actually being reported. You can't trust these statistics because they're being assembled under uh, extreme duress. I mean, there's no question, there's no doubt that Italian medical facilities are being overwhelmed right now. Um, there's, there's absolutely no doubt about that. That's the reason why Russia, for instance, sent 600 ventilators with disinfecting equipment and uh, medical specialists over to Italy. Russia itself has, uh, what, about 1,000 COVID-19 cases uh, throughout the entire country. And uh, they seem to be handling it just fine, but they're actually taking on extremely draconian measures right now uh, to deal with the problem. They, they're basically saying... Uh, we're going to shut down all flights co coming into and going out of Russia uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, they're not going to allow any planes into Russia at all starting midnight tonight. And uh, they're, they're, they've already uh, begun the process of shutting down international uh, travel you know, throughout the country. So um, even Moscow, which is where about three quarters of the cases are located, are... Uh, is is being uh, is being put under heavy sanction, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of kind of restrictions on old people, um, which is to be expected. 
and there's a lot of uh, uncertainty about what's going to happen. But here's the thing. Here's, here's the reality. Uh, the Russians aren't panicking. They're not particularly worried about this because while they don't really believe the official figures, the fact is, fact is, that it's not really affecting anybody too badly. The level of social distance that Russians like to observe is considerable. I mean, they're, they're not a touchy-feely people at all. They're not like Italians. Um, so the thing to understand is that this is nowhere near as bad as we've been told. And this is nowhere near as scary as we've been told. Uh, we have been informed reliably that COVID-19 is the worst pandemic since basically SARS. And it's nowhere near as bad as that. SARS, uh, about 774 people died worldwide last time I checked. And about 8,000 people were infected, something like that. And the majority of those deaths, as I recall, uh, happened in Hong Kong and China. So that was about a 96 to 10% mortality rate, okay? Uh, the Chinese, of course, bungled that response completely, as is their you know, tendency. Uh, one thing that has become very clear is that you cannot trust the Chinese government to be efficient or careful or trustworthy in any way, shape, or form. And that's a lesson that we're going to have to learn in our very bones before this is all over. Uh, but it's becoming exceptionally clear that we can't deal with the Chinese as equals because they're not equals. They, they cannot be trusted, uh, especially not the Chinese government. We can't trust them. So we might as well stop even bothering to trust them. Now, um, coming back to those, uh, the, the death rates uh, with respect to coronavirus, the latest research that we have, which the media refuses to report <clears throat> by and large, is that about around 80 to 90% of people who catch COVID-19 will show such mild symptoms that they won't even know that they've got it, for the most part. Or they'll have very mild symptoms and they'll recover very quickly on their own and they'll feel like it was just a bad flu or it was just a, uh, a bad cold. Uh, they'll have a sore throat, they'll have a cough, but they'll be fine. The 20% or so between 15 and 20%, depending on where you are, of people who require hospitalization uh, will have pretty bad symptoms. That's a fact. And those people will require intensive care. Now, 20% or so of what the current toll stands at, which is about uh, 530,000 people. Now, that's a lot of people. That's uh, over 100,000 people, 110,000 people or so will require hospitalization around the world. But of those um, 20%, another you know, much smaller proportion will require critical care because they will go critical. Um, and that proportion of total infected, not you know, of the 20%, I'm talking total infected, is estimated around 6% right now. That's the best estimate that we have. 6% of 530,000 people will go into critical care, okay? That's still a pretty big number, all right? That's, that's still a worrying number. Uh, that comes to, equals that, times 6%, that comes to about 31,800 people. But 31,800 people is still not, you know, 
a colossal catastrophic number. I mean, we've been hearing media and epidemiological experts screaming from the rooftops about how this is going to result in 2 million deaths in the USA and 10 million deaths worldwide. It's like, guys, 31,800 people are going to require hospitalization, like intensive care hospitalization. That's it of the current total that we have. And of if the 0.2% mortality rate is accurate, then of the, 40, the 530,000 people or so that we have, uh, you know, out there right now, only, quote-unquote, only, about 1,060 of them should have died. Now, obviously, that death toll has been exceeded by about, well, 20 times, okay? So that's not accurate. But then neither are the mortality numbers. The mortality numbers themselves can't be trusted. So what I want you guys to take home right now is that none of the figures that we're seeing can be trusted. None of the data that we're seeing can be trusted except for the gold standard uh, testing and uh, mortality rates that we have seen, which show very clearly that this virus has a mortality rate of between 0.1 and 1%. That's about the best that we can surmise right now. Which means that the epidemiological models, which mandated shutdowns of the entire economy, which mandated massive government interventions around the world, which mandated the curtailing of all freedoms and liberties of all kinds, which mandated the complete disruption of all life at all levels, was totally overblown. A 1% mortality rate does not justify shutting down the entire world's economy. It does not justify putting millions of people out of work and destroying trillions of dollars of wealth. Doesn't justify that. Nowhere close. 10% mortality rate? Oh yeah, that's justified. 40% mortality rate? My God, I mean, the world's going to come to a screeching halt. 60% mortality rate? The world's going to end at that point, okay? It's it, basically, you're, you're watching two-thirds of the world get wiped out. 40% in 10% is what you get from SARS. 40% is what you get from MERS, which is another... Uh, these are two types of coronavirus as well. 60% is what you get from human transmissible bird flu, H5N1. These are true doomsday scenarios. 1% mortality rate? Okay, it's bad. But remember that 1% mortality is heavily concentrated in a very particular segment of the population. It's heavily concentrated in the old with pre-existing conditions. So we don't need to worry about it so much. So now I'm not saying this without empathy. I mean, my own parents are in that age range and they're now under lockdown in, uh, in a not particularly hospitable city with really shitty infrastructure and really crappy um, ways of you know, uh, dealing with old people. It's, it's, not a, it's not a fun place to be. In, when, at a time when the weather is getting really hot and unpleasant. It's, it's actually quite disgusting uh, right now in that part of the world. And it's going to get more disgusting over time. Nothing, we, nothing anybody can do about that. And that's the weather. Okay, uh, That's what they're dealing with. It's not pleasant. It's not fun. And again, for those of you who have said a prayer and uh, kept them in mind, kept me in mind, really, I mean, seriously, thank you so much. God bless you. Um, I really want to be, uh, want to express my thanks to you, my gratitude to you. It, it really touches me. And 
I truly appreciate it. Um, and I guess I want to leave off here on a note of optimism, because that's that's been the point of pretty much all of my posts on this subject uh, since the crisis started back in January. I want to make it very clear. We're going to get through this. This is nowhere near as bad as we've been told. The models have been shown once again to be completely wrong. Um, I'm not at all surprised about this. I've spent 12 years, 10 years actually, uh, dealing in financial markets and 12 years in risk modeling total. So I know a thing or two about how bad risk modeling really is. I mean, how inaccurate as a science it truly is. I know a thing or two about it, and I can tell you that um, anybody who says he has a handle on how to model a disease like this is lying. Uh, anybody who says he has a handle on how to model overall risks in a system is lying. Uh, nobody knows how to model risks accurately. Doesn't doesn't matter how many degrees he has, doesn't matter how skilled he is, uh, the reality is that risk modeling is inherently a very difficult thing to do, and there are always factors which you can't account for, and there are always uh, ways to fudge the numbers. And there are always things that you don't account for, you know, black swan events, basically, which come along and completely detonate your model. Well, that's exactly what's happened here, except it's a positive thing, where the mortality rates are nowhere near as high as we thought they would be, and the transmission rates are nowhere near as high as we thought they would be, uh, as the experts thought, I should say. So it's not as bad as we think it is. Brothers, don't let yourselves be disheartened. Don't freak out. Don't worry too much about this. If you're young, if you're below the age of 50, if you stayed in good health, you're going to be okay. If you're above the age of 50, but you don't have existing respiratory issues, you're still probably going to be just fine. If you're over 60, take some vitamin C, take some D3, take some zinc, Make sure you get plenty of sleep, plenty of sunshine, um, adequate rest. Don't do anything too stupid. Don't shake hands with people. Wash your hands constantly. And that, well, you know, this advice applies to everybody, uh, not just the old, not just ye old farts. Um, everybody, okay. Be careful out there, but don't, don't freak out. Don't lose hope. It's gonna be okay. We're going to get through this. Everybody, take a deep breath. Breathe in, breathe out. Life is going to come back, roaring back, at a rate that we really can't anticipate. It's going to be amazing when things pick up again. We're going to have to get through the next two weeks, is my guess. Roughly two weeks. And once we get through that, things will turn around very quickly. So don't get disheartened. Say a prayer to the Lord, because the Lord is on your side. Say a prayer to Jesus Christ. Ask forgiveness for your sins. Ask the Lord how you can help Him fight this tide of darkness and despair. Because He needs us as much as we need Him. He needs us to be the soldiers, to, hit, to be His soldiers in the field. So don't despair. Don't lose hope. It's going to be okay. That's about all I wanted to talk about uh, for this domain query, which again is not answering any questions. It's just, you know, a grab bag of different things I wanted to talk about. Uh, God bless you. May Jesus Christ look favorably upon you, and may you uh, come before him and confess your sins uh, and receive absolution for them through the Son and through the Father. Uh, 
please do not despair. Be hopeful, be grateful, be happy for the time that we have been given to take a step back and reevaluate what is important in our lives. And by all means, let us look forward to the day when all of this is over, which is coming sooner than we expect. I promise you, my brothers, it's coming sooner than any of us realize, where we will look back upon this madness for the past three months or so, and we'll wonder why we were ever so frightened. And we will wonder what the, the fuss was all about. And we will recalibrate our expectations, and we will learn our lessons, hard one that they are, and we will build towards a better future. Because that's what we are told to do. Have hope, have lightness of heart, have faith, and we're going to get through this. This is the Didact, and I will catch you on Sunday's podcast uh, for uh, a more serious discussion, if you will, uh, about the economics uh, of the recovery and what we can expect, and I will catch you then.